Hey folks, it's Natalie and Kate. Hey. And this is the NAG Personal Trainer Podcast. Today we're going to be discussing about menopause. So a lot of my clients are either going through it or they are postmenopausal or they're premenopausal. And also I've also got female clients who have said they want to know more about it before menopause. Is there anything they can do to reduce the symptoms? or how to reduce uh, risk of any disease uh, as they also go through, because obviously the risk factors increase uh, during menopause, such as bone disease and heart disease. So what we're going to discuss today is, it's more from a fitness and health point of view, not from a medical point of view, of how health and fitness can help alongside having any medica- medical intervention, or things that you can do prior to, before you get close to the age of when you would get menopause. So we're going to start with the basics of how to prevent bone disease, which is obviously going to be your strength training. Mm-hmm. So major- in fact, every single female client I train is doing some form of strength training, whether it's resistant bands, weights, uh, body weight training, or they're doing a circuit with weights. I encourage them to do weights at least twice a week to reduce the risk of bone disease. So this is a fact I found out in the week. So estrogen is basically a protective hormone. So it helps reduce the risk of osteoporosis. It helps to repair and rebuild of bones. Uh, Same with muscle as well. And also this is the reason why men are more prone to heart disease than women, because again, estrogen is such a protective hormone. So if you improve your health and fitness prior to menopause, so those who are listening now who maybe know any of menopause, it's good to know now. I'm reading this because I want to know as well. So that's why I'm reading up on it. So I'm prepared uh, you know, when, as I when I get older. So it's just the same in primary school, high school. You learn about the menstrual cycle before maybe you have the menstrual cycle. So why should we not learn about the menopause? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so, Kate, well, how do you feel about... Because obviously you've been training me like six years, roughly, and probably did a bit before. Do you mm-hmm. feel actually the benefit of doing resistance training? Yeah, definitely. Um, generally, I would say. I don't think there's any area that doesn't benefit from from doing it yeah um i mean in relation to menopause i would say well i'm probably in the perimenopausal phase at the moment um so i'm i am going through some of the symptoms of it um and i'm certain that if i hadn't been doing resistance training for as long as i did that my symptoms would probably be a lot worse or probably more difficult to manage yeah um so it's definitely a good thing to do all round anyway regardless yeah. of the menopause um and even if you haven't done it before i'm assuming you'll correct me if i'm wrong that even if you start now when you are perimenopausal or even menopausal you're still going to get the benefit yeah from you're it. still reducing risks of yeah. um, disease or bone and disease and i think the other thing i was going to say was doing the resistance training or even exercise in general is Good for your mental health as well. Absolutely, so that's effective. Menopausal symptoms it? aren't necessarily going to all be physical. Yeah, you're going to have that. There will be, you know, some people get depression, anxiety, and all of that, even if they haven't before. So doing your exercise and your resistance training and all of that is going to help with that. And the thing is, I think what you've got to remember is, if you are having menopause symptoms, whatever they mean, hot, whatever they may be, hot flashes, um, tiredness, brain fog, exercising will help that. Yeah, so you might not feel like doing it. Absolutely, <laughs> but it will help it. Yeah, that's no, a, I can guarantee that. <laughs> that's a cool insight. That is that you you know you've put it that way because there is women I have trained who've never trained before and they're perimenopausal, 
And I'd say you can tell they're suffering more with symptoms than, say, you yeah. have. Like, yours have been pretty mild compared to some. I'm not saying you enjoy them, but... No, I mean, they are yeah. at the moment. That's not to say yeah. they're not going to get worse. And I no. am at the stage now where, as you know, I'm looking to contact the doctor yeah, and actually say, look, can I consider HRT? Because some of the symptoms are yeah. bothering me on a day-to-day Absolutely. basis. So. <clears throat> and that's a, lot, a question I get people asking. You know I'm not a medical professional. I still had to look into about HRT which is hormone replacement therapy, which is literally replacing the hormones you're missing because you're not producing estrogen or pedestrian, which are there to balance everything. Uh, Random fact I didn't know, uh, some of you might already know anyway, uh, something I learned this week, is if you've got a womb, they will give you estrogen and a pedestrian hormone replacement. If you haven't got a womb, it's just an estrogen one. And that's basically because to do with reducing the risk of cancer. Uh, but it's so minimal. I've already decided I will take HRT if I have to when I'm old. Mm. Well, I say when I'm old, as and when, whenever it'll happen. Uh, because like I say the average age is 52, but you can get it before then. Yeah. And you could have it for up to seven years, the symptoms. So why mm. put up with it for seven years no, when absolutely. you can manage it? I mean, there are other things you can do if you're... If that's not something you want to you want to go into, there are other sort of natural remedies and therapies yeah. and things like that, and obviously exercise and fitness. Oh, absolutely, that is one of and them, diet as well, as well. healthy eating and yeah. things like that. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, like in one factor, just even something simple as if you don't want to do weight training, even every time you were uh, put your you know hit your foot on the pavement as you're walking, you are making micro damage to the bone not in a bad way uh, but obviously it, it basically encourages the body to repair and heal and build bone which is what estrogen is fantastic for so the more active you are and consistently active mm. prior to any menopause symptoms um, the more less likely you are to suffer with osteoporosis osteoarthritis and also heart disease mm. so the ideally like say like Kate's always been active previously anyway even before you met me you were active so that's going to reduce the risk of those symptoms coming you know coming along and you know because females were more prone to off um dementia and alzheimer's and that risk also increases as we get older again exercise has been massively proven to help with you know brain function as well and mm. uh, not only obviously physically so like i say today you know, if you're not exercising already, and even if you're perimenopausal, even if you are menopausal or postmenopausal, doing something now is better than never do it. Yeah, even if you're just starting walking. Yeah, just something as simple as walking. Into, you know, chucking weights around, yeah. and you don't have to start jumping around your yeah. living room doing hit sessions when you, you know, unless you well, unless you like it, and you like it, yeah. yeah. Well, we haven't then got time, enough, yeah. But yeah, but if walking's you sort of go to, and that's what you enjoy, absolutely and that's what clears your head and makes things feel better, then absolutely you can build up to doing some weight training if you, you know, because it is good for your, your bones and muscles, for your bones yeah. and your heart and all of that sort of thing, and yeah. And that's the other side effect uh, as we get closer to more perimenopause or menopause is atrophy. Am I saying that right? So, or, or, and, and sarcopenia, which is basically loss of muscle tissue. So say you don't train for six months, most of us will have atrophy. When I say don't train, I mean don't weight train consistently. And, or like if you do nothing at all, which most uh, people, uh, not just women, but men as well, after, the, after retirement, they think, well, I'm just going to sit and do nothing. Mm-hmm. Because you're not, you, and they think it's because of age. It's not, it's because you've either retired, so you stopped doing an active job perhaps. You maybe stopped commuting and walking about and you've not replaced that habit with Mm. something that you've done before. So the idea is is implement habits. The earlier on you implement these habits, the better, because then they are in place as you get older. And humans don't like change. 
So if you've got something consistent in place, you're going to sustain results and have consistent results. And that, I think personally that's a really good key when it comes to prior to menopause. And I mean, I've always been active anyway because I like being active, but it gives me more of a reason to want to be. Yeah. And it's like, say, you know, I can't imagine ever retiring, to be honest, because I like working. <laughs> um, and it keeps me active, keeps my brain going. Um, so the other thing I'm going to say is obviously diet is another big one. So particularly protein. Now, if you're not struggling with your protein now, so what people normally say, what do you recommend that? And I say, well, it depends what you're already having and where we've got to work up to. Because if I tell you what you should have, you'll be like, there's no way I'm going to hit that. Mm. Protein's important, again, with, again, reducing muscle wastage. It repairs the cells. And I'll say, again, with estrogen being such a protective hormone to help with also the recovery process, you're obviously losing that hormone. Mm-hmm. So making sure you gain enough protein into your body is going to reduce the risk of sarcopenia, muscle wastage, yeah. uh, or even if you're not as active, atrophy as well. And also atrophy is more prone in females anyway, even if you weight train as we get older. Mm-hmm. So protein becomes more vital. I think the other thing as well is with your protein and your diet and doing the resistance training is if, like the one, one thing that some women find perimenopausal menopausal is weight gain. Yes. So if you are in a calorie deficit, yep then you're going to want your protein and your resistance training even more so you don't lose your muscle. And it complements it really nicely. Yeah. Yeah. And again, women think, oh, I'll never lift, but most of my clients are 40, 50, even 60 plus, and they're all lifting weights or doing some form of resistance training at least twice a week. Yeah. Consistently. The ones who are consistent are the ones who are getting the best results from it. I've even got women who are postmenopausal and have been told you'll just always have body fat like a lot now because of menopause. It's just how it is put up with it. Uh, one lady I train, I've trained her since last August. She now shows muscle on her arms because she's lost that body fat and we've built lean muscle tissue mm. underneath that body fat. She's improved her diet through increasing her protein, increasing her fruit and vegetables. Just something as simple as that. We're not complicated. It. She's walking more, whereas before she wasn't because she retired. And she could have gone the other way, just gone just sitting down, mm. just going on a holiday and just eating and not using her body. And now she loves training. She trains. She, yeah, feels better yeah. for it. Yeah. She's at least twice a week doing resistance training. She does yoga once a week as well. And she loves that because of the social aspect as well. And she'll also do a third day on her own as well. So And she walks pretty much about, you know, an average 10,000 steps a day, for example. The protein will, will take time. So I would say just try hit the lower end. So 1.4 grams per kilogram of your body weight is a good start. Ideally, you probably want to be around the 1.6 grams. If you're trying to lose body fat, then maybe a bit, a little bit higher than that. But I would say if you're, always, if you're hitting higher than you were previously, already that's going to be a great stimulus you're on the body. Yeah. I mean, a good ballpoint figure is if you're not hitting it already, aim for 100 grams a day. Of protein mm. consistently now unlike calories protein it's got to be every day ideally as much as and majority of the time if one day you're a bit low here and there it's okay even i have the odd day where it's not at the most optimal it should be uh, but whereas mm. calories you can also do over a week basis as we discussed yeah. before but protein we are constantly breaking down as humans we're not you know and as, as we get older we're breaking down even more so protein becomes more important i mean the same for example obviously this is with athletes not uh, general population uh, so when they finish a training session say an athlete someone who's uh, menopausal or at the age where they're getting symptoms now for perimenopausal they need about 40 grams of protein post-exercise whereas for myself in one go yeah to be- get the benefits for mm. that's, that's for a sport though if that's for an athlete yeah whereas say for myself would be 30 grams would be enough for me 
because the breakdown's not as much as somebody who's older because I've got estrogen pumped through my yeah. body uh, helping with that process. When you've got less estrogen, you need something else to, to you know, with for the protein, that. protein, just... Yeah, it's kind of no, go for, for you, it. I guess, really, is, is if you're aiming for 100 grams a day, mm. does it matter how you split that up during the day? No. Um, they've been... This has been discussed a bit about the whole what's called an amino pool. Now, amino means amino acids, which is what proteins not uh, comes from. So you might see things being sold. Um, supplements BCAAs, branch chain amino acids, which you, the best way to get is from your diet. Um, the only time I tell people to take branch chain amino acids if they're vegan because they'll struggle to get it from a plant based diet. Uh, so don't waste your money, guys. Get it from your food first, <laughs> unless you're yeah. vegan, uh, unless you're able to do it as well. So what they're saying is if you have it gradually through the day, your protein, that amino pool as you hear about, it's about keeping that supply there constant through the day. But in this day and age and the way the world works, we're not all athletes, we all work. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like I say, I run a full-time business. Um, You're, say, a mum and coming on board with my business, for example. I've got people who are NHS workers who do shift work. So for them, sometimes you've just got to get it in as they can get it in. It might be in two meals, which is absolutely fine. Um, you know, unless you're a competitive bodybuilder, you know, or an athlete, as long as you get that protein and however you can get it in through the day, hmm. whether it's two meals, whether it's three meals, whether it's four meals, however you can do it based on your lifestyle, you know, it's still optimal for you. Yeah. Because I do have protein shakes. There's nothing wrong with having those either. Yeah, I they're will, very convenient. I will, yeah, definitely. I will have one a day. Just make sure you make anyway, sure you meet your goal, basically. Does, yeah. yeah. And don't forget protein satiating as well. Oh, so. massively. Um, yeah, so once again, if you're calorie deficiting or anything else like that, then it helps. Yeah, absolutely. Helps with that. So this is other. So I'll see. I'll just sum up what we've come up so far. So obviously, protein's quite important. Uh, menopause and postmenopausal. So again, if you are aren't menopausal right now, get into the habit now, and then it's a lot easier when you get like you're already in the habit, aren't you, Kate? Yeah. So it's not an issue for you getting no. protein, and you're actually already doing that. You're already optimizing as best you can with your protein uh, goals. Um, same for activity you consistently weight training three times a week with myself and then you do like a kit box size like some mixture you walk yeah. quite a lot yeah. you've got a doggy mm-hmm. and even before then you were walking loads yeah. anyway so you've got those habits in place so protein training activity and obviously when it comes to diet again when people say how do I help some of the symptoms like dopamine and serotonin because that gets affected like I say mental well-being yeah so serotonin and do- serotonin is like your happy hormone dopamine's like that high you kind of get mm-hmm. you know when you eat a, your favorite chocolate bar and it makes you feel kind of nice and self-soothed yeah. and you want more of it because it gives you that hit and that's why when people say over consume those foods like a lot and say I don't know say 80% of their diet is very hedonic hyperpalatable high calorie foods and 20% is barely the protein and vegetables. Mm. Of course, that's going to have an implication on when it comes to calories, because of course your calories are going to be higher because they're calorie dense foods. Um, with those foods, eventually the reason you eat more and more of them because they basically need more to get that high, a bit like a drug. Yeah. And that's how it works. That's people go, oh, sugar's addictive and all that. It's not that. That's like anything. Anything. Don't forget, you get that with exercise. Exactly. Get exactly the same Everyone hit. Always used to go yeah. on about the runner's high, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. But you can get that. We've just trained and I get a, such a pump and a high from it afterwards. I oh, love yeah, the feeling yeah. after. Not shaking. But yeah, not. exactly. Yeah. So what you can do there with your diet is, again, already either before or even now, wherever, whatever stage you're at, definitely increase fruit and vegetables. They've always been a massive one. Mm. And if you want, also, these can actually, there's some, I found out there is some tips to actually prolong before you get to menopause. Biggest one, if you are already, look at uh, stopping smoking. 
counted that masses of interest yeah, by a couple yeah. of years. That doesn't sound like a couple of years, but a couple of years mm. means something. Um, but that was the biggest one that came up. And of course, if you are carrying a lot of excess body fat, losing um, body fat as well can also uh, slow yeah. down the process as well. Because um, ideally, you do want to prolong it as long as possible if you can. Mm. Uh, that's why they put it on HRT, because mm. the whole point is so you can live a comfortable, happy life yeah. and be pumped full of estrogen, which is a fantastic hormone for us. I mean, sleep is another thing. I was just about to bring that up. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah. have issues with going through menopause for various reasons I'd say um, and sleep becomes even more important because of the repair of the body and the brain as well, well exactly, like you said with yeah. the brain fog and if you've got the symptoms of um, the hot flushes or yes. night sweats and things like that then that can disturb your sleep so yeah then that's sort of a knock on effect to everything because yeah. you're too tired to exercise you're too tired or you're, yeah. your hunger hormone's stronger the next day as well if you don't sleep very well yeah. I think it increases your appetite by 20% mm. so the power you can actually consume up to 20% more calories yeah I think exercise will help you sleep better mm. um yes it does yeah and it's also yeah just you know sleep hygiene making sure you've got yeah. all those things in place for a proper sleep which will help you and i think i get so neglected well. like sometimes when i've well, done it is generally regardless of the menopause isn't it it's yes for everything but it, if you can nail it as oh, well yeah. for menopause or pre, pre uh, previously mm. so if you struggle with your sleep now and you're not menopausal yet, you need to find a way that yeah. it's, you know, to improve your sleep hygiene, whether it's switching technology. They're saying up to two hours now before. It used to be an mm. hour, but I think the same two hours now because we're so stimulated by scrolling through Instagram, scrolling through Facebook, and it is designed to be addictive. Yeah. So, for example, I've put my social media on the last screen of my back screen. It's not on my home screen. Not even my business stuff isn't because otherwise I'm tempted on my days off, like all my evenings off uh, to go on to it. And then again, it's too much information for my brain to take in. You know, I guarantee it. Like, normally, eight o'clock at night, I'm not on social media. If you guys see anything posted, it's all scheduled. Mm. So I don't have to go on and do it. Uh, I have to do it that way. So some people probably think I'm being ignorant, but I'm not. It's just all scheduled out there. I'm very organised. Same on the weekends. It's all scheduled out. So I don't have to look on them when I'm doing it. Good tip if you run a business, by the way, is to schedule. It's a life. And also that way it keeps obviously content going for people to, you know, they want to learn about health and fitness. That's why I like to keep it scheduled out. Uh, the other one is exposure to natural light. So if a client said to me, for example, I had a conversation with a client the other day, they were on about whether they should prioritise their walking, going out for a walk, or doing uh, ex- or going do their training session. And I said, well, what do you enjoy more? What do you get out of it more? He goes, actually, the walking. I said, how does you sleep when you don't walk? He says, actually, it's not as good because he's not exposing himself to natural light mm. enough. I said, if I were you... I would rather you actually skip a training session and go for a walk. And that sounds mad because I'm a big advocate of yeah. resistance and weight training. But under a lifestyle, their lifestyle, it's suited them to just go walking more for the meantime of everything they're doing. So, again, we'll just like recap of what like we discussed about menopause to help it. So, definitely protein. Definitely yeah. some form of exercise on a regular basis and stuff that you enjoy. Resistance training idea if you can. Yeah, or just Or just going out walking on a frequent yeah. and often basis. Uh, again, making sure majority of your diet has got plenty of fruit and vegetables into there, as well as lean proteins as well. And then, of course, obviously sleep, like we just said. Sleep is a massive one. And I think people just neglect it. I think I'll just survive for five hours. But you, people don't realise how detrimental that is to health. It's so huge, oh, sleepers. Yeah. And I think when people go to me, I just feel like I need a magic pill to sort myself out. And nine times out of ten, it's because their sleep is so, so poor. I just read, I read recently, I think, is it Matthew Walker mm. who wrote um, Why We Sleep? 
Yes. And that's that is I still need to read that. It's a bit surprising how many things in life are caused by yeah. lack of sleep. Absolutely, from mental health, from your appetite, from the way you think, yeah. your mood, everything. If I have a bad night's sleep, I can tell the difference in me. Yeah. I feel like I can't be the best I could be. And that's the whole point with this with menopause. You know, why put up with it? And when you can actually have control of what you can do. Mm. You know, I've got clients who I had one lady, bless her. She was so upset she's been diagnosed with arthritis in her hips. And she's like, she feels like this is it. She's old. I'm like, look, the exercise you're doing, what's, what, what they said, you know, your consultant. And they were like, I want you to keep doing it. It goes, good, mm. you, you can be in control of that. Yeah. I said, what about your diet? She said, I explained that you've basically encouraged me to have high protein and more fruit and veg. And they were like, yes, please keep doing that. I was like, it's all about consistency and repetition. Yeah. And people don't realise how, it, it sounds really boring, but that, you know, we, we are defined by our habits. Mm-hmm. You know, and I get clients think it's an all, an all nothing attitude. So they have one yeah. slip up. They're like, stuff it. I'm not going to train. I'm not going to eat healthy. And it's not I'm going to drink. I'm going to eat what I want. It's not just giving in and going, yeah. well, that's it. I've, you know, yeah. I've got arthritis or, yeah. you know. Stuff it. I'll just sit there. I'm just going to put, put yeah. up with it now. I'm just going to, that, yeah. That's my lot. No. I'm just going to wallow in, in a dark room and cry about <laughs> it. But it's like, no, you can do something about it. You can still have a normal life. You can slow down, you know, the effects of uh, bone disease. Yeah. You know, and, yeah, we're all inevitably going to waste away at some point in our lives. It's just as and when and what you're going to do about it, you know. And I feel better doing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I said to this client, if you stopped exercise anyway, whether you've got arthritis or not, how would you feel? And, she go, and they said, because they've um, got a mental illness as well, they suffer anxiety. They were like, well, to be fair, I think I'd be worse off anyway. So I'd rather just keep mm. doing this because I am benefiting from this. You know, um, we're training outside as well. So we're getting natural sunlight and mm. fresh air and they love the outdoors as well. So they like that style of training. Yeah. So the, the benefits are huge. And like you just said, you know, mental illness, I think you are more likely to, if you haven't before, you know, have a men- at some point some mental illness yeah. during menopause because obviously, again, because of the hormone uh, change in the body. Yeah. So you will, yeah. You know, you a lot of people do get those symptoms and yeah. say you might get depression and anxiety where you never had before. Yeah. But once again, it's not something you have to sit there and put up with. And, you know, doing the other things like the healthy diet and the sleep and the exercise yeah. is going to help that. Absolutely. Along with everything else. I mean, the other one, as much as people don't like you, and it was the reducing the alcohol intake, isn't it? <laughs> it's supposed to have a massive benefit. But I would never tell, if that was a pleasure. I'll to find out whether that yeah. works. You let me know, Kate. <laughs> you let me know whenever you decide. Um, but like I say, if, yeah. If you're doing everything else you can, and that's your pleasure in life to have a drink you now on the weekends, you know, I would not tell a client to stop it. It is supposed to help massively reduce symptoms, um, you know, from a health benefit. You know, most women are encouraged to reduce their alcohol intake as they go through menopause and that. But if that's someone's pleasure, as long as they're not, like, annihilated every single yeah. weekend, and, like, really consume, like, binge that drinking. going to affect your sleep. Yeah, And your exactly. exercise and everything anyway. So. That's it. Some people go to me, why don't you drink as much anymore, Nash? You know, even my family are like, they find, I think they still can't get their heads around that I can go around and not have a drink at all. I'm, I'm not bothered what people do. This is the thing. I think people think I'm bothered their drinking. I'm like, no, I couldn't give a shit if you were having a drink. I couldn't care if you were having a pint of vodka. That's your personal choice. Um, you know, uh, years ago, I used to hate being around drunk people sober. But now, actually, I find it quite fun because I don't care. Because uh, as I got older, I give less of a shit. But for me, it's, it's because it affects my sleep. Yes. It really, really affects me. It's like I say, I was out for a run with a friend of a week. And they only had a couple of drinks, and even they said it massively affected mm. their sleep and their performance when we went out for the run. 
I've done it where I think what made me change my mind, I went to someone's party, I think, or it was either that or pub golf, can't remember which one. And um, I know definitely at this person's 40th, I don't know how many shots I had after eight. I can't remember how many I had. Great night. <laughs> pub golf again. Well, after the bitter that I had to neck down, <laughs> it was all a bit of a blur then. But I suffered with my training for days oh, after my strength had dropped because my sleep was lacking my performance was down you know my choice of food was obviously definitely influenced by the lack of sleep and hangover but it was like a full week it took me to get over it and to get back to a sleep pattern you know to sleep all the way through yeah and I thought I don't, you know basically after those two occasions yes it took twice I didn't want to <laughs> I, you know and I did a couple of nights out you know after then we started going out less frequently because the novelty wears off as we get old well some people's it does <laughs> for me it did it wore off a little bit I robbed other things and I just got to the point where I basically I just I prefer getting up and be able to do things to what I do you know I mean I like the taste of alcohol I like to have a drink but I just like my sleep more that's just more mm, priority for me I enjoy yeah, yeah. going to bed at nine o'clock at night even on a Saturday <laughs> <laughs> rock and roll me at 32 <laughs> um so it just depends on your lifestyle just and what your enjoyment is yeah. see my, my enjoyment's um, it's basically well you know exercise um, it's say for example it might be like say for my 30 if we didn't go out drink we went Ninja Warrior didn't we yeah. uh, you know my enjoyment is to do something a bit out the box That that's what I buzz off you know like say my kickboxing was my thing that I enjoy doing obviously at the moment sadly yeah. I'm not there right now um, so I've just got practice at home so that's why I'm considering say doing another sport in the meantime until whenever it can go back to normal just in the meantime because mm. that's my enjoyment and that's what you've got to think about again as much as like, people want to get healthier we all want to be healthy mm. we all don't want to be massively overweight and carrying a lot of body fat but it's finding a way that's enjoyable for the rest of your life yeah. without taking you the pleasures from your life not at the detriment of other things necessarily and i think it's what works for you when I mean, we always say it sounds different dead generic but it's true yeah it's like when i work with clients um Every client and with it's different how we do things. The the obviously the basics are there, a bit like a squat. The basic techniques are there. You know, your your feet have got to be spread out onto the floor the whole weight. The bar's sitting like, you know, into like the shelf position on your back, your back squeezed back. You know, your your knees have got to be slightly turned out to your little toes or your hips open out. You know, your feet are either hip or shoulder width apart. The same principles apply, but everybody squats differently. Mm-hmm. You know, you get a room of people, no one squats identically because of their, you know, how they're built, how their skeleton is. And that's the same when it comes to how I plan out someone's lifestyle. So the principles are there, say for fat loss, it's got to be a calorie deficit, whether it's they're using a tracking tool or they're writing down their food diary or they're just doing a meal plan the week before. And then the other principle is obviously the high protein, again, which is followed on by writing their food diary or tracking it down to a food app. It's just there, just tools, what tools. Basically, it's finding the right tools for somebody. Mm. That's actually the best way of thinking about it. I was going to say, actually, talking about tracking food mm. and things like that, it's probably a good idea, if you're having menopause symptoms, to then keep a diary of what you're eating, drinking, just, and doing. Oh, for triggers. Yeah, and see what might... Because yes. there are certain foods, I think... I read it somewhere. There are certain foods yeah. and things that will. There's a study about omega three apparently, which apparently can be hit and miss for some women with men. Yeah. But I didn't know I that. Like it's only a small study, so it's not been proven yet. Yeah. Just to clarify, so guys. Magnesium and zinc is supposed to be good for during the menopause. Yeah. Well, again, like I said about, I forgot to mention about bone health. So again, alongside yeah. exercise and nutrition, 
is vitamin D mm. and calcium. And obviously with this becoming more plant-based, uh, people are more conscious now of eating more plant-based or becoming more vegetarian or vegan because of uh, ethnical reasons. It's to make sure, again, you can get that calcium into your diet, mm. whether it's through fortified cereals or milks, um, you know, or a supplement if you have to. But if you can get it from ideally dairy products and that obviously you do that ideally depending on what your diet is. Uh, vitamin D, obviously in this country, we don't get a lot of vitamin D. Um, you I know, take so vitamin D all, all I've stopped. I've done the same now since last Maybe year. because when the sun comes out, I, I, I have to whack the Factor 50 on. Same here, <laughs> Factor 50 plus. <laughs> even child's Factor 50 is great for me. Mm. Uh, so yeah, even I've, I've started supplementating vitamin D. And I think one of the few foods that has in it is um, mushrooms, I think, isn't it? It's the top of my yes. head, which I Especially love. Especially if you leave them on the windowsill in the sun. Didn't know that. Yeah, you leave oh. them on the windowsill in the sun. So they absorb, they have a little sunbathe. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. Imagine sunbathing mushrooms. That's pretty <laughs> cool. I like that. That's pretty cool. <laughs> We're all getting mushrooms in our windowsills now. It's going to look so dodgy when I see that. Mm. That's a cool random fact of the day for you there, Kate. Mm. So to sum up everything that we just discussed today, so think about your protein. If you're not at your target already, like the 1.4 or the 1.6 at least, aim for 100 grams. Because obviously per kilogram your body weight, the heavier you are, the more protein you're going to require. So if you can at least aim for that 100 grams a day, however you can do it to start off with, then that's a good starting point. So again, promote cellular repair in the body, reduce the risk of muscle wastage, and also to complement with also doing weight training. So again, to keep up bone strength, muscle strength, uh, your posture as well, mental well-being too, of course. You get that high from doing weight training because another reason to do weight training is it's great seeing strength progress. A lot of my mm-hmm. clients love that, writing it down. So as well as fat loss goals, they love getting stronger. No matter who I've worked with, they've absolutely enjoyed that. Even if they're like, my only aim is to lose fat, they're still adamant. When I get them in a session, you like, I want to put the weight up. Mm-hmm. They're still determined and competitive enough to want to do that. So they enjoy the session more because they like that challenge. Yeah. People like to be challenged, else they won't do it. And, of course, sleep. So nailing your sleep. If you struggle with your uh, sleep hygiene, definitely go see a specialist or look into yeah. it. Um, the other one we covered was, again, writing food diaries, as we've discussed yeah. there, or tracking it or, ha- or writing a meal plan. Again, looking for triggers that may help with it as well. Of course, improving the quality of your diet, absolutely. So there's m- many things you can do prior to menopause and become consistent with it. So I do when you do go through the menopause, you're reducing the risk of bone disease, reducing the risk of heart disease and any other general diseases that we're more prone to as we age. And if you are menopausal or postmenopausal, don't think, oh shit, it's too late. No. I do train women and have done who are postmenopausal. They are done. They have not had a period for a year and they are done and their symptoms are done and dusted. And they're still getting stronger. They're still getting leaner. They're still losing body fat. And... I get it, you know, women go to I've got fat over that, but it's not so much that. It's normally their arms, their legs are okay, it's all around the abdomen, yeah. which is similar to how men put weight on. And we go like that because, again, our estrogen is no longer sending, the, you know, helping with sending the message that we need to get calories to your muscles. So use your muscles. The calories will more like to go to your muscles yeah. again on a consistent basis. So not once a week and then skip three weeks from training, <laughs> you know, or doing a walk once a week and then that's it. You want to find a way that you can do it consistently and frequently. Because your body thinks you're too, you, you've reached that age where you don't need you to produce, don't need your muscles so much either. Yeah, yeah, so basically. It all to yeah, you. don't need to mate anymore. You fun. don't need to reproduce anymore. Yeah. So why would you need those muscles and to carry children? So. 
that's what I mean. That's why you train for the rest of your life, absolutely. you know, and, and do so. You know, I've got women who are postmenopause and they absolutely love weight training now. Mm. And they have less niggles and twinges. The only thing is they might have longer rest days, I find. Yeah. They have to do it they, now and again every... That's an important thing, actually. Mm. You have to make sure if you if you are going to be doing more exercise, yeah. especially the resistance training, to have the recovery because it yeah. will take you longer. And I must admit, it's something I've probably noticed mm. fairly recently. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Um, as much as I can put all the effort yeah, in. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I wouldn't I, know when you're training. Yeah, and I can do all of that. I would say that there are some times when I think, yeah, that's taking it out of me yeah. more than it. Either that or I've just made it harder. (laughs) One or the other. But But you are right. That's the thing, is you know. But you're absolutely right, yeah. The recovery phase tends to take a little bit longer. Obviously, the more you did it prior to menopause, the quicker recovery probably will be. Yes. Um, but obviously, you know, uh, but even still, it's at some point good. Any anyone as the age, even men, it takes longer to recover. So definitely having a couple of days off a week. If you need to actually just skip a workout just for a one off once a month or have like what we call deloads, yeah. which even fit people do. They'll actually schedule in, or I get women who do it around their cycle, so when they're due on, they might use that week to actually just have an active recovery week. So they might still train, but drop the weight down. Yeah. Um, they might only train twice instead of three times and opt for walking instead or going for a swim. I was going to say, you don't want to overtrain to the extent that you can't recover and yeah. you end up doing absolutely Absolutely. Nothing. I'd say if you're not nailing the diet, it's like getting enough protein, enough calories, and enough sleep. There's no point trying to overtrain like four times a week. Start with two days a week, you know, become consistent with that, working on the quality of your diets, making sure that's that the you know, that suits you how you're doing it. And then you could probably look at increasing it in the future. It's just a case if you can you can increase it at some point, but you've got to do it slowly to get the body used to the stimulus. And that's the same with any newbies I get. I always start them with two days. And if they want to become consistent doing three days, I'll work them up to that. If they want to do four days, I'll work them up to that. And that doesn't matter what age or sex or whatever they are. It's just a good yeah. place to start. It's just like when you want to get stronger on the weight, you don't start on the heaviest thing as possible because you might struggle and not want to do it again. You well, start that's the thing, yeah, yeah. Because if you want to learn to squat your body weight, yeah. you don't go straight to right. Okay, now I'm going to collapse. Now <laughs> I'm going to try and squat sixty k. Yeah, don't, you start on. You start probably maybe half your body weight. Yeah, you know, or and work up slowly. Depending on what yeah. you've done. So yeah. So I hope that helps today anyway. All hope, all hope, is, all hope is not lost. Come get me weird out there. <laughs> you know, there's plenty you can do. I mean, the, the more you do, the earlier you do it, the better. But it's not too late if even, you know, to ever start. There's always a good reason to improve, you know, to look at, uh, you know, tweaking around your health and fitness. But you don't have to go and guns and blazing. Take your time, one step at a time each week. Speaking of which, if you want somewhere to give you a kickstart, I'm doing the Slay Challenge. Yes, Slay is in Christmas. I said the C word. I know, really bad, isn't it, that? But I love Christmas. Um, so we've got a Slay Challenge coming up. It starts 19th of October, and it'll finish on the 13th of December. The whole point, it's a fat loss and habit change challenge. It's not a quick fix. It's not there to lose 13 stone in a day, or three stone in a month. Don't get me started. Uh, but the whole point is, I was setting lifestyle challenges for you to work on very not like extreme just really basic stuff to get you going it actually seems a bit boring but some stuff you might already be doing which shows it's a good thing and then obviously we'll have challenges in there every week me and kate are going to be doing live workout every week Uh, we're looking at wednesday evenings at the moment to do the live workout consistently just a 30 minute circuit hit session uh suited for all levels because we'll have 
adaptations as and when needed or progressions if you need progressions. I'll also be doing a live uh, Q&A every single week as well. So any questions you send in, I'll be answering on that Q&A. Any lives will be saved. So if you're unable to make any lives, you can go back and watch it as well. Uh, all of this is just £40. So £40 for eight weeks. And at the end of the eight weeks, I pick two winners along with Kate helping me and my partner who will also be admins on the page because there's going to be a lot of people on there to help me make sure everyone's okay and to manage it. Uh, we'll pick the winner based on who scores the most points off the uh, their personal progress uh, score sheets, which you'll get to download off there. And one winner we picked on based on their participation and the results they gain from it. And not just from a fat loss point of view, but from habits that they've changed or say a personal goal that they've hit, say, for example... You know, I love people to put in, say, a squat weight goal or a push-up goal in there or doing their first push-up, say, something like that. Uh, you know, so thinking out the box a little bit, it's not just all about that. And hopefully by over that eight weeks coming up to Christmas, you've got those, some of those habits embedded. Even only one habit that you end up being embedded in your life, even as simple as coming off te- technology two hours before you go to bed, if you nail that, that can make a massive impact on your life for the rest of yeah. your life. It will got- always be your go-to. If you have things like Christmas and yes. that in between, yeah. and yeah, things do relax a bit, and then you know exactly how to exactly, yeah. And I've also planned. I've planned this far ahead. I will be doing a ten-day free challenge in January to get people back on track as well, because I think that's essential. People tend to go guns blazing; they've got nothing to look forward to yeah. in January. And I think it's the worst time to diet, personally. Uh, so no one will be on a diet that day. It'll be more about getting back into habits. That's what the January one will be. This is to start introducing habits or making sure you're consistent with habits, and of course, doing extra challenges and workouts along the way also included will be bi-weekly workouts every two weeks there'll be new workouts released on the page that you can download so it's a private facebook group so you do need a facebook account even if you get one temporary just don't put anything on it just have access to the private group so no one outside that group will know what's going on in the group it's all done privately uh, the two winners they'll each win a 30 pound amazon voucher and along with some goodies but the more you enter the bigger the prize gets so hope you enjoyed today's podcast please leave a review or drop me a message or comment um on facebook when i share it what you think of it and share it with your friends and family if you think they would benefit from this have an awesome weekend guys bye bye